Hello and welcome to the final episode of the Green Eggs and Sam Cain Violation crossover for the 2022 NBA Draft. We are doing the remainder of the second round and uh, we're going to see how much Dan knows on these last 14 or 13 or so guys. We're going to start at pick 47. It's Vince Williams Jr., swingman, senior out of ECU. He'll be going to the Memphis Grizzlies. Let me guess, he can shoot. Vince Williams is a shooter. He's got a decent jump shot. He's a southpaw. He's a lefty, and it definitely looks like a nice-looking jump shot. It's kind of rare to see some of these guys from these smaller schools like VCU playing out their four-year career and not either if they're that good leaving early for the NBA draft or transferring to a bigger school at this point because that's what's happening all the time with these guys. Uh, But he played in an up-tempo style of offense at VCU. They like to get out and run and transition. They play a pressing style defense. So to play in that program, it's really a prerequisite that you have to be able to defend to defend on a high level and he's definitely a good defensive player good size uh, good length not sure that you're going to see him getting NBA minutes right away especially getting picked at this level of the draft Uh, we'll see what happens but probably a G League guy but hats off to him for finishing up school and uh, getting picked in the NBA draft as well yeah, I don't think he's going to make the 15-man roster. My guess is this is a two-way guy. Okay, yeah, so three weeks ago, it looks like Vince Williams Jr. and Kenneth Lofton Jr. were signed the two-way contracts. Kenneth Lofton Jr., I remember first seeing that name and <laughs> really wondering, is this Kenny Lofton's kid? And then seeing him on the court, I was like, Whoa, okay. This guy looks a little out of shape. (laughs) So their first round pick, David Roddy and Kenneth Lofton Jr. are really kind of built very similarly. So it's interesting, yeah, that they they took on some of these bigger boys, man. All right, yeah. Maybe they're rebuilding the, the grit and grind of the old era. We shall see. So we'll move on to the next pick. It is uh, number 48. It was Kendall Brown. He'll be going to the Indiana Pacers. It's a freshman out of Baylor. Did you see Baylor play much at all this year? Oh, yeah. I watched them play a bunch. And this guy's classmate, Jeremy Sohan, went in the top 10 in this draft. And as a matter of fact, coming into school, they weren't rated too differently. So obviously NBA scouts saw something and Jeremy Sohan that they didn't see in Kendall Brown. But this is, again, another one of these really young guys uh, that has a ton of upside. This guy has the jump out of the gym type of trait. Maybe see him in a slam dunk contest or two someday. We'll see if he can stick in the NBA. Definitely got to work on that jump shot. But he's very skilled, very good defensively, good passer. 
has been tutored very well for his one year in Baylor in a program that's a perennial power now in college basketball. And I'm really not sure that uh, the difference in player between Sohan and Brown is the 39 or 38 picks between them. I think they're more similar than that. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, with Sohan. But this guy's probably going to a great opportunity as well, going to Indiana. I saw him play a little bit in the summer league. Mm-hmm. Looks like they like him. He got a lot of minutes, and he'll get a chance to develop. Yeah, this is definitely the place to develop. Um, Pacers are completely rebuilding, obviously, just traded Malcolm Brogdon. There's a lot of Buddy Heald, Miles Turner rumors, so I uh, would highly doubt they're going to finish the season on the Pacers. So I think it's going to be a free-for-all. I think all the young players on the Pacers are going to get an opportunity Maybe start off getting like 10 minutes a game, seeing how they do, and then taking it from there. So, yeah, definitely a good opportunity for Kendall Brown. This is the team you want to go to. Memphis Grizzlies or like, I don't know, even the 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 Warriors. Like, those are such deep teams. Um, probably not the best spot to go to. So we will move on to the number 49th pick, Isaiah Mobley. Mobley, that last name sounds familiar. He's going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's a junior out of USC. Hold on. Is he related to Evan Mobley? So this is Big Brother. They were able okay. to pick up Big Brother. No way. All right. So they're both big men. Is this guy as good as a, a shot blocker as his younger brother? He's not as athletic. No. He's not. That's why he's going in the second round. That's why he played three years of college basketball as opposed to his five-star recruit brother who obviously worked out great last year and uh, has a bright NBA future. Although, Isaiah's a nice player, too. He's not going to be a superstar like his brother might be someday, it looks like. But this is an NBA guy. This is a guy that's going to play in the NBA for probably five, seven, nine, ten years. We'll see. Might not start out there. Uh, might start in the G League. Looks like they've got a lot of depth up front, a lot of big guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he'll definitely have an opportunity to compete. I think he's got a little bit more of a jump shot than Evan does. At this point, uh, but yeah, he's not got the athletic ability. He's not got the shot blocking ability. Solid rebounder, just a solid college basketball player. Uh, but yeah, again, there's reasons you play three years in college hoops and don't enter the NBA draft right away. And the uh, the lack of mobility, I would say, uh, was probably that for him. Okay, so this isn't like another Thanasis situation. No, no, no. This is a better player than okay, that, yes. Okay, This wasn't like, oh, it's your brother, your franchise guy. We'll bring him in. This is a legit guy that would have got drafted yeah. despite. This, this isn't a Chris Smith, J.R. Smith situation? No, 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 no. <laughs> you remember that? Vaguely. 
Chris Smith, J.R. Smith, uh, I think it was his younger brother. He was like nowhere near an NBA player. But J.R. Smith, his free agency was um, was coming up. And I think he took a little bit of a discount. And part of it was that the Knicks would uh, sign his brother. <laughs> And it was a little bit of a controversy because there was barely any film on his brother, really. He did go to a Division One school, but he wasn't a big player there, so pretty wild. But, uh, okay, so this guy's going to actually... He's probably going to be in an NBA rotation someday. It's just it's not going to be right away. Maybe we're talking about like three, four years, perhaps. Exactly. This guy would have been drafted, you know, despite the fact that he has a superstar brother. He can hold his own. Uh, he had a really good year in the Pac-12 last year, and yeah, he'll definitely be on a roster at some point. Maybe not right away. Okay. Um, it looks like he might be on a two-way deal right now. Yep, yep. He's got the uh, the other two-way contract for the Cavs. So, yeah, he'll probably be with the, I think it's the Canton Charge. I think that's their G League team. I don't know. They change the names every year. They, they change the cities, too, a lot of times. Like, you know, it's not even the main Red Claws anymore. It's the main Celtics. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Yeah, and the you know, logo's also green. That's cool. I, I like I like going to G League. We went to a G League game. Um, it was December of last year. We went to the uh, College Park Skyhawks versus the Long Island Nets. And, you know, it's it's really fun. You can pay like 15, 20 bucks and be really close to some guys who are NBA players. Uh, we saw Jalen Johnson, first-round pick. Sharif Cooper? Yeah. You know, you can hear these guys, like, yelling at each other and whatnot. Jalen Johnson looked pretty pissed most of the game at his teammates. So, that was fun. Who was the guy who got injured during that game? Was Sharif it, Cooper it, got yeah, hurt. Right. Yeah, that's right. Sharif Cooper. Yeah, that was, a, that was a scary moment. But but I did see him in the league, like, a week later, so he was okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, it was one of those scary falls, but glad to hear he's okay i think he's still with atlanta so that's really cool so we'll move on to number 50 it's matteo spagnolo from italy he is going to the minnesota timberwolves i'd imagine this is a draft and stash there's a lot of players on the timberwolves this this that there's a lot going on there. Actually, they do have some open roster spots. I'm lying, but they, they're, they have a legitimate ten man rotation though. So you know, maybe he'll be at the end of the bench. Let's uh, let's do a quick Google. Okay, he's a draft and stash. So yeah, all right, yeah, maybe we'll see him in three years or maybe we'll never see him at all because i'm looking at some of these older nba drafts and if you look towards the end of the second round like they they highlight the guys in gray who have never appeared in an nba game and it's it's like the the whole bottom half is gray gray lines it's like okay because we were looking at uh i think it was a 2017 draft with monte morris because green, green, we so 
I was I was asking Greeny like where were there any you think you were right about like in the second round and and Greeny could recall he's like I was right about Monte Morris you know I, I predicted he'd be a pretty decent player and uh, I was like yeah well let's look back and see all the guys who were picked around them none of the other guys picked in the fifties second round 2017 draft are in the NBA anymore so I mean good call on on Greeny obviously you were right about Ayu Desumo Desunmo tough name tough name okay so we'll move on to number 51 Tyrese Martin he's a senior out of UConn he is going to the Atlanta Hawks speaking of the Hawks uh, so he'll probably be in College Park this year, I'd imagine. What do you know about Tyrese? I got a bunch for you on him. Oh, great. So he finished his collegiate career at UConn, uh, where he really thrived this past season, but he had started at a smaller school in Rhode Island, and UConn's coach, Bobby Hurley, or I'm sorry, Danny Hurley, had previously coached Rhode Island, so familiarity with Tyrese Martin but this is a Lehigh Valley kid this guy played oh, high school really? basketball in Allentown at William Allen High School oh no oh yeah uh, and okay. I had played at his high school years ago I'm familiar with that program so I always love seeing these Lehigh Valley guys get a chance and there's not a ton of them that make it to this level uh, but Tyrese Martin the thing that separates him I would say is his physical strength and the fact that this is a grown man, this is a guy that's been out of high school for five, six years now, and he's a little bit older, uh, definitely mature physically, and it seems like, you know, emotionally, he's a big-time leader for UConn this past season on a really good team that made a good run in the Big East. I was a little bit surprised that he got drafted, honestly, but really? again, great to see. Um, he's got a decent jump shot, uh, probably got to work on it a little bit more yet. Uh, but for a guard, he's a great rebounding guard, very good passer, very good defender on the wing. Uh, so that's a great start when you want to try to get into an NBA camp and being a second-round pick, he's definitely going to do that. But like you said, probably a College Park Skyhawk to start, and mm -hmm. we'll see what happens from there. But great, great to see for us Lehigh Valley folks to see him in the NBA. So... I'm seeing that he has already signed a two-year deal with the Hawks. So I I think, yeah, it looks like he made the 15-man roster. That's impressive. Good for him. Glad to see it. Yeah, maybe they um, they think uh, he's, he's very mature for his age and, you know, ready to play with some actual NBA players, perhaps. So we'll move on to the next pick. It is Carlo Matkovic from Croatia. He's going to the Pelicans, it looks like. He is a draft and stash, so maybe we'll see him. Maybe we won't. Move on to the next guy at number 53. It's the Boston Celtics. They picked J.D. Davison. He didn't look terribly good his first two summer league games, but I think it was either the third or the final one where uh, 
he did really well. He got a double-double. I think it was 28 points, 10 assists. And here's the first thing I noticed about him. Man, is he freaking fast. That guy is is quick. And he's he's a good passer, too. He's a he's a he's not like a Carson Edwards who's just looking to get off a crazy shot or whatever because Carson Edwards was fast too but you know he wasn't looking to distribute the ball or anything like that JD Davison was getting the big men lobs and everything he was he was uh, driving to the basket and if there was someone in front of him he would just pass it out to the open guy in the corner I think he got Travion Williams a, a bucket a, a three-pointer and Travion Williams can barely shoot, so, I mean, the fact that uh, Davison could assist him with that is huge. Um, did you did you see him play at all at Alabama? Uh, were, you, were, you, were you happy to hear that the Celtics drafted him? So, yes, I got to see him play a bunch in the SEC this past season, and... When I saw that you guys got him at number 53, I thought that was great value. I mean, this was a guy that was near the top of his class, McDonald's All-American type of guy. And you mentioned the speed. The athleticism is there, too. And the comp with him coming out of high school was actually Russell Westbrook, if you could believe that. Whoa. So this guy is super athletic. Like you said, he's not a score-first type of point guard. He's looking to distribute. He can score it. So to see that he scored 28 in a summer league game, I'm a little bit surprised by that. Although he does have that ability, he's definitely a pass-first point guard. And he's played with a lot of talent at Alabama. Not going to be phased by stepping it up to the NBA level. When we first discussed him um, last month, I really thought you guys probably had a roster spot for him. Uh, it sounds like you think he might split time between the G League and the NBA. We'll see. Um, I wouldn't count on him being a rotation guy right away. But to get someone with this high of an upside at number 53 is pretty impressive. Yeah. So it looks like we gave him a two-way contract um, shortly after the draft. So I that was kind of... I'm pretty sure that was before his uh, big G League game. So there's a chance he might actually get one of the 15 spots on the roster because uh, we have a bit of a roster crunch right now. We just gave um, Cabin Jelly the other two-way spot there. And we have a couple guys we, uh, we really like on the Summer League team. Justin Jackson played well. Matt Ryan was really hitting shots as well. We just signed Han- uh, Sam Hauser to a deal. And we also need a uh, backup big man. So, yeah, th- th- there's a chance Davison may end up getting his spot um, converted to uh, a full-time slot. So, yeah, we'll... We'll see. I think it, if that's going to happen, it, he would have to play uh, really well in preseason, I'd imagine. So, um, But I was very impressed by that one game he uh, he played. I, I 
I have, uh, I'm getting better vibes from him than Carson Edwards, let me say that. No doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes we get overhyped with uh, our second round draft picks. Carson Edwards, it's a classic comparison. He hits like 10 threes in a preseason game. Celtics fans are like, oh, score, we got this guy late. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be a baller. Now he's he's pretty much out of the league almost. He was actually on the Pistons last year, Carson Edwards, but I believe they did not guarantee his contract for this year, so he uh, will be looking for another job. So I'm uh, I'm hoping that J.D. Davison finally breaks the cycle of uh, a uh, a second-round pick pick by the Celtics who actually gets a second contract and remains in the rotation because we've swung and missed on pretty much all our second round picks for the last 10 years there's not really one guy who who stuck around Semi Ojale was picked 37th in the 2017 draft so I mean, he was on the team for four years, but uh, it was just clear he was uh, he was not a guy we were going to keep in our rotation. So um, we let him go elsewhere, and don't feel too bad about that, considering um, that uh, I, I think he he was on the Bucks at the beginning of last year. Bucks traded him to the Clippers in the Serge Ibaka deal. Clippers had him on the team for about a week and then they waived him and Ojale never ended up anywhere else. Actually, the best uh second round pick that Ainge grabbed was actually someone who we traded too early. It was Etwan Moore. We uh we had Etwan Moore in 2012 or no, it was 2011 but traded him after one season. It was actually in the Courtney Lee deal. It's funny, we traded Etwan Moore and his college teammate, uh, Juwan Johnson, in that deal. I believe Sean Williams might have been there as well. But that was a big deal because that was, uh, that was like we were trading the end of our bench for like a rotation guy, similar to what they just did with Malcolm Brogdon. So, hopefully J.D. Davison just breaks the mold and he's he's a guy who's on our team for the next five years. Maybe um, maybe it's our backup point guard. Who knows? Hopefully. I, I mean, I like Peyton Pritchard a lot. I hope we keep him. There's, there's rumors about him getting traded, but I think that would be stupid to do that. The guy has proved that he can play... In the playoffs, he can play in big games. So, we shall see. But yeah, very excited for J.D. Davison. The next two picks were forfeited due to tampering. Um, I mean, if they're following the tampering rules to a T, I think the NBA would have to take away maybe like 42 draft picks? Can you imagine that? <laughs> the NBA draft is like 16 picks. <laughs> it's more fun this way. We like yeah. it this way. I mean, this 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 is such a slap on the wrist. 
really is like a second round pick. They're gonna if if they really want teams to stop doing this, then I mean it it's gonna have to be a first round pick. But I don't know. It's such a gray area because I guess these teams, the Bucks and the Heat, got caught because um, they 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 were talking too much to me. I think the one of the the Bucks owners or whatnot was on a conference call with other team owners and was bragging about uh how great of an off season they were having so far and i think i think it was retaliation from the other owners for uh for uh you know bragging about um about their acquisition it was uh boyan bogdanovich I believe, or no, Bog, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I always get them confused. But it, it, in the end, it didn't matter. The Bucks won the championship, so who really cares? But yeah, uh, not a huge loss for the Bucks and Heat. They probably would have rather just traded those second-round picks at the deadline anyways if they had them to, you know get someone off the bench like like the the Bucks second round pick probably would have been like the Serge Ibaka deal perhaps so uh we are skipping those picks and uh we're going to 54 because there's only 58 total picks so 54 is Yannick Nosa center out of Congo He's going to the Washington Wizards. Beats me. Number 55 is uh, Gui Santos out of Brazil. He's going to the Golden State Warriors. Well, let's at least confirm whether they're drafting stashes. I'm going to confirm that they are <laughs> without actually <laughs> looking it up. So we'll go to number 56, Luke Travers. Going to the Cavs. Or is he? <laughs> Looks like another draft and stash. Maybe they're hoping for another Matthew Delavadova. Pretty sure Delavadova was Australian. I think it was Australia, not New Zealand. I think you're right about that, yes. Yeah. So, Del Vadova might know him. He might have told the Cleveland front office, like, hey, pick this guy. And while you're at it, give me another deal, please. I want to be in the NBA again. Number 57, Jabari Walker, sophomore out of Colorado. He will be going to... The Portland Trailblazers. Did you see this guy play a little bit? I did. This was a nice player at Colorado the last couple years. And you actually may be familiar with his father, believe it or not. Do you remember Samaki Walker from the Los Angeles Lakers from the early 2000s? No. No. Okay. His father was a backup to Shaq in the, uh, the first the start of their dynasty in the late 90s and early 2000s. Oh, the, um, the finals against the Sixers, or was yeah. it the 99-2000 season? I believe he was on both of those okay. teams, but he was about a 10-year pro. His father was more of a five-man, and this is a big wing wing player, small forward, power forward. 
shoots it really well. Great size. They list him as a power forward there. I think he's going to play more three on the pro level. I'm not sure if it's going to be in the NBA right away, but I did see him play a couple times in summer league too, and it looked like he was holding his own. This is a guy that can really block shots for his position as well. He's not going to block like five-man shots, but on the wing, block some shots, rebounds well. And yeah, his his best attribute is his three-point shooting, though, and he's going to knock down open shots for you. I think he'll get a chance. Portland's not a bad place to go for a rookie right now. Yeah, it seems like they're doing a um, retooling, not quite a rebuild. They traded McCollum at the deadline last year. Seemed like they were going to do full-on rebuilding, but um, they traded for Jeremy Grant, a veteran. They signed other veterans as well. So, yeah, there's there's a chance maybe he'll... Um, He'll have a shot if there's any injuries or something like that. I'm trying to see who their forwards are. Well, it's going to be Jeremy Grant, of course, but they also have, uh, oh yeah, Greg Brown. He was a, okay, he was a second round pick last year. Looks like he was decent enough to stick on the roster. And then they got, uh, well, I don't think Justice Winslow is going to play much. Drew Eubanks is more of a center. Trendon Watford? Not even sure who that is. Yeah, Portland was playing some <laughs> really random guys at the end of last year. Like, they were trying to lose. They were really trying to get a good pick, which they ended up getting. Picked up Shaden Sharp. So, uh, it looks like they haven't signed Jabari yet. Let's see. Oh, the Blazers are summer league champions. So they got to hold on to Jabari Walker. They got to give him a roster spot. Well, okay. Right here. Portland Trailblazers signed rookie Jabari Walker to standard NBA contract. So, hey. There you go. Good for him. Good for him. He's going to he's going to have one of the 15 roster spots. That's that's a big deal for uh, you know, a late second round pick. That's usually not the case. This is usually draft and stash city or, you know, it's it's one of those hey, if uh if you're cool with us drafting you, we'll uh, we'll do a two-way deal. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. There there is some talented guys who are undrafted who probably could have been drafted, but their agents told teams like, nah, the like my client thinks he's he's good enough to to you know compete in camp and try and get one of your uh, one of your roster spots. He's he's not going to do a two-way deal. So. That's uh that's kind of the way it is in today's NBA. But I mean, yeah, that's that's a huge deal getting uh getting a regular standard NBA contract when getting picked second to less uh second to last in the second round. So, um we will talk about our last player at 58. It is Hugo Besson 
from the New Zealand Breakers. He played for the New Zealand Breakers, but he's from France, so obviously best friends with Evan Fournier. We all know they hang out all the time, you know, sleepovers, just kidding. He's going to the Bucks. I uh, would imagine this is a draft and stash, considering the Bucks will be competing for a championship next year. So, um, we wish Hugo well. We do. And, uh, that is it. We're out of players. That was fun, though. This is pretty... This, you think this is gonna be... The best draft since... What was the best draft? We were, we were talking about yeah. this. We thought maybe 2017, 2018, one of those two... 2018 was pretty good. Definitely. Yeah, you had Luca, Trey Young. It was very deep. You had uh, Tatum at the top. No, that was 2017. 2017? Yeah. Brown, you guys got. That was 2016. 2016. Yeah. <laughs> but 2018 had uh, had a lot of rotation guys. Like, had Mikhail Bridges. Miles Bridges was there. Shea Gilgis Alexander, very good. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, Wendell Carter Jr., Jaron Jackson Jr., Jaron Jackson, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Kevin Herter's pretty good. Even DiVincenzo, not bad. Grayson Allen, um, Robert Williams. Man, Anthony Simons even just got $100 million. And, Yep, Anthony Simons just got paid. He even had Jalen Brunson in that draft. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. even as you go in the second round, Gary Trent Jr., pretty good. Jared Vanderbilt, Bruce Brown. Um, Hamadou Diallo's still in the league. DeAnthony Melton. Uh, Shake Milton, not bad. So yeah, I'd say yeah, that was 2018 was probably one of the the better drafts in a long time. This one is very much hyped, so hopefully okay. it lives up to the billing. Yeah. Hopefully. So next year we hope to actually go to the draft. Maybe maybe we can somehow figure out a way to like bring some kind of audio recorder <laughs> so we can hear um Adam Silver announcing the picks or something like that. And then who's the other guy? Who does the second round? He always has a creepy smile. Uh, the deputy commissioner, yeah. I believe it is. Yeah. So I think that means that he's going to be the NBA commissioner after Silver. Because Silver used to do a second round back that's, when it was Stern. That's the natural progression, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he just he gives these creepy smiles after he says every pick. <laughs> but, you know... We wish him well. So, yeah, hopefully we'll go to the draft next year. We'll definitely, definitely watch it together. But uh, thank you for tuning in, guys. Thank you so much. We will now go to the movie of the week, followed by the hip-hop of the week. It's from 1989, directed by Philip Noyce who also did Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. 
It stars the great Rucker Hauer, who passed away a few years back. Rest in peace. Does a great job as our blind protagonist in this movie. And he's just a real treat to watch. So this is one of the selections that I pretty much picked based on the cast that was listed in the book. Hauer, uh, Lisa Blount, rest in peace to her as well. I know her from uh, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. She's in this. Nick Cassavetes is an actor in this. Believe it or not, he actually directed John Q., Alpha Dog, and The Notebook. Interesting uh, trio of movies right there. Quite a filmography he has. His father is the great director, John Cassavetes. Then, uh, who else? Rick Overton's in it. You have They Lives, Meg Foster. It's funny, my wife was kind of like half watching this with me. And uh, she saw Meg Foster on screen. She's like, what's wrong with her eyes? I'm like, that's that's Meg Foster. She's got the most bluest, unique eyes uh, ever. She, uh, that's, uh, she's, she's great. I like her. In, um, she was actually in The Scarlet Letter. I know a lot of people watch that um, in their high school English class, probably. The 1979 PBS version has the great John Hurd in it, one of my favorite actors. So, um, there's, oh, there's another person in this movie. My, my wife, half watching this, of course, just blurts out, wait, is that John Locke? She was, of course, referring to Terry O'Quinn, who is uh, in the show Lost. My wife is a big Lost fan. And uh, actually, kind of funny, he's credited as Terrence O'Quinn in this movie. So it, it was just a kick-ass cast. What can I say? So I look up the movie on IMDb, and I'm like, why is this movie even in the book? As I mentioned before, this creature feature book is, you know, really just supposed to highlight all different films from the the 20th century that have to do with like horror, sci-fi, or really any fantasy type of element. You know, basically if things are happening in the movie that can't happen in reality, then it will probably be in the book. But, I mean, Blind Fury is pretty much a straightforward action film, so it was kind of puzzling that it was in the book. The plot is about a man who gets blinded while fighting in Vietnam, so he uh, actually ends up not coming back to America. He stays back, and uh, he... uh, He stays with some villagers there who train him to become a skilled swordsman. In fact, the cane that he uses to walk around, like his blind stick, uh, actually doubles as a holder for his sword. So he's blind and can kick some serious ass. 
I mean, considering how many bad guys he came into contact with who had guns, like, not only did he kill them with the sword, he did it while being very, very, very blind. So, I guess that cannot happen in real life. I mean, he's like the blind John Wick in this movie. It's, ba it's what's going on here. I guess John Wick is sci-fi because, you know, how can one person kill so many people with guns when you're outnumbered? I, I don't know. I'm not complaining at all. I mean, this this was a, a really fun movie. What can I say? Alright, to quickly sum it up, so Terry O'Quinn was in Vietnam with Rucker Hauer, and O'Quinn is uh, manufacturing drugs now for a bunch of gangsters in Rio, Nevada. It's a bad situation as the gangsters are just about fed up with O'Quinn and are... Uh, Looking for a new drug manufacturer? Maybe they'll turn to Mr. Gale? Nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, I honestly can't remember how uh, Rucker Howard gets wind of this because he hasn't seen O'Quinn for years. But um, he, he goes to Terry O'Quinn's family's home where his 10-year-old son and wife are living. O'Quinn's wife is Meg Foster, uh, uh, and, um, yeah, the boy is played by Brandon Call, who's best known as one of the kids in the very popular 90s sitcom, Step by Step. Remember that show? It used to be on ABC Family all the time. Like, a lot. But now it's not even called ABC Family anymore, it's Freeform. I remember when it was called Fox Family. That's how old I am. So the gangsters and uh, some cops, which the gangsters paid off, come to the home while Rucker Howard is there. And what happens? Howard kicks their asses. But Meg Foster is killed. And then... It basically becomes a road trip movie with Hauer and the boy going to Reno, Nevada to save his father. Rucker kills uh, many bad guys along the way. And while at the casino, it, it's so absurd. And the, it, the movie is very well aware of how absurd it is. It actually... The film's listed as a comedy as one of the genres on IMDb, which I feel they don't usually do, even for absurd action films like this. It kind of reminds me of Commando. There's, you know, there's a lot of laugh-out-loud scenes in Commando. It's a over-the-top action movie. But if you go on IMDb, you're not going to see comedy as one of the genres listed. But this, this movie just has it it has it already anyway my favorite scene is where rucker howard he's trying to use an elevator at the casino i guess um terry o'quinn is up on the 
the top floor of this casino manufacturing drugs, and Howard's trying to get to him. But there's two security guards watching the elevator. So that's a problem. What's Rucker Howard's solution? He decides to play craps. And uh, he ends up winning a shitload of money somehow, I guess because his uh, his ears are very strong now that he's blind. I, I, I have heard that that happens here. If you lose a sense, your other senses become stronger. Still a little absurd, though. I mean, how would that give you an advantage? But I... So what's going on is is he can hear something ticking in the craps table. So after winning like a shitload of money, he has all these chips. There's like everyone in the casino watching him like, oh my God, this guy, this blind guy's winning all this money. Then out of nowhere, he just takes his sword out and he impales the craps wheel, lifts it up, like, lifts the entire thing up to reveal that the game is rigged by some kind of electronic device. So a lot of people witness this right away. I mean, one one woman grabs the wheel from off the sword, showing everyone around her. And, like, I can understand people being upset, but... Out of nowhere, this just becomes an instant riot within seconds to the point where, you know, people a hundred feet away in the casino are rioting. Like, how would... He just lifted it up. How would people over there even know that this happened already? And, uh, yeah, security guards have to start, you know breaking up the fights and everything so they back away from the elevator and that's how Rucker Howard gets to the top floor that's how um, he's able to lure the security guards away from the door yeah it's it's that kind of movie very grounded of course um, also why do you have to play multiple rounds of craps like he could have just played one or two rounds if I don't very out there plan. I know it worked, but still. Um, anyways, movies uh, like this make little sense, but it doesn't matter because it's freaking awesome. It's entertaining. It's 80s action cheese at its finest. Late 80s, actually. This is 1989. I'm talking real good action cheese. I'm talking about like the $18 blocks of cheese that you see at the fancy supermarkets. You know, when you're, you're going through the aisles, sometimes you got the Oscar Mayer Lunchables up on the wall. Then you see the, the cheap craft singles cheese there. But then, sometimes there's like a, a little island in the middle where you just get a plethora of fancy blocks of cheese. 
Sometimes the cheese is not worth the price. You'll spend like 25 bucks for shit that has frickin' mold on it. But they say it's from like a cave in France, so, you know, that's why it's worth so much money. But sometimes that cheese has like little crunchy crystals in it, and it's just delicious. Kind of like that Trader Joe's cheese that I got the other week. And that's the kind of cheese I like. And that is the kind of cheese that this movie is. A-plus across the board. This is one perfect, perfect. I know I say this like every podcast, but this is this is the one. If you're pre-gaming, about to have a night out on the town... Maybe about to go to a house party. And you you just, you want to turn on some tunes. Sure, turn on some tunes, but you need like a visual. Put this movie on. And you'll probably watch it and want to turn the music off because you're like, what just happened? Wait, turn the volume up on this. This, this blind man just kicked the asses of several gangsters. How? How, how, how? So, yeah, you and your buds will laugh your ass off. It's perfect. 10 out of 10. I want the Blu-ray. I'm giving it the Barton rating. 4 out of 4 stars. Watch it now. It's on Tubi. And I know Tubi has ads, but they're short. They're not that bad. Plus, you're probably looking at your phone for half the movie anyways. I know every movie I watch. Uh, am I really 100% focused on it? Or am I browsing Reddit? Or looking at my fantasy football league? Watching Christian McCaffrey have another dud of a week. So... Yeah, watch on Tubi. Tubi's great. Tubi absolutely embarrasses Netflix with their movie selection. Netflix, what the hell is even Netflix? It's slim pickings. It's been slim pickings for years. They they had their moment, and now they're doing their original stuff. And no one cares. No one cares. They pride themselves on being so great. And then Apple TV just does shows that are better. Then again, Apple has unlimited money. So, Tubi, please sponsor the podcast. I just put in a good word for you. I probably got a a subscriber to tune in to your service. I deserve money. Please, I don't make any money from this podcast, and I need it. I need some coin. I need some cheese. That's what I need. I want some cheese. I want some Trader Joe's crystal cheese. That's what I want. So, uh, yeah. Watch Blind Fury on Tubi. Then while you're at it, watch 52 Pickup, because that's... 
a pretty hilarious movie as well. Even though it's disturbing. Perfect 80s double feature right there. Alright, enjoy the hip-hop of the week. Tenement buildings and skyscrapers are polluted and often invaded with troubled hearts and weakened minds. Living their lives and hoping to find the golden key to prosperity. Never have a grip on reality. This makes day-to-day living hard. Jumping your face, never peeping the card. You're just going through life without a trait. When the acts you seek are running your face, you're blind. You're blind. Tell me. On the brink of self-destruction, total corruption. You better get out or die from consumption. Sweat for a dollar to get nothing back. Cause at the end of the week, you still get taxed. You'd even sell your soul to make your life correct. But with the rate of inflation, you should eat your check. So you try to make a hustle to get ahead. But the only thing you manage is to stay in the red. Copy from John to self rest And your Jones for success is put your life in check. You're blind. Like DMC, your blind. So you think the facts mean you can't win? So you devote your time to a life of sin. Yeah. 
can't get no help Throw your hands in the air, Bush and Blair don't care Why the unaware, mm, they just stare This nation says screw the organization of the United Nations Yeah, across them TV stations They said to the masses, they consider the masses Take a look at the world, another son of the Bush disaster Do the math, cause a lot of they coming after These are the same cats who wiped out half of Africa You don't know the half, the have-nots robbed by the halves Signing new money like signing autographs McDonald's billions sold, America billions told Houston, we got a problem, isn't this a bitch? When I wanna hear blues, I three turn it on the news See the rich get richer, and the poor keep richer Buckle down, knuckle up, when times is rough Buckle down, knuckle up, when times is rough Say, you don't matter if they don't mind Cause these are the things that make you blind now You don't matter if they don't mind Cause these be the things that make you blind Come on! Y'all don't know, y'all don't know Lays on this land's crust My physical central clears up to a rise of unity Conclusively pending, sending my access Clothed through modulators 
my body tissue and elevated sites for closer images. Your glance is misguided. Can't you see the project solo unit space station with four people with alterations on the physical die as we plan. Use your third extra seeing gland. Transpose your heat optic wave. Change your physical mind rhymes. Deranged in attack mode. Strictly atomic mode. The total glitch. Cosmic adventure. My rights. Cosmic rights. My eyes feel so damn tight. Ridicule fuels the molecule, the inner duels, cruel deeds, habitat, impact, fracture facts, peace infinite, blurred sight enhanced through ignorance, common sense condensed, full sentence and phrase, hypnotized you out of days, amaze, blurred sight, occurred fright. At night, darkness hover, shove the spirits away, convey mental the voices parlay, surround at a sound, sound profound, levitate off the ground. My physical shell is vacant, something flagrant. Open your eyes, I'm not smoking any pot. Look, open your eyes, I'm not smoking any pot. <laughs> Mind and then 
Go where I go, dog in my life. 